Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been And I felt what you're feeling And I don't want to get in your Welcome everybody to another episode of the Publish Her podcast. Today I'm doing an author interview, which I absolutely love doing because I think one of the best ways that I learn and grow and that a lot of authors learn and grow is from hearing from other authors, not only the good, but also the things that may have been challenging in the journey so that we can learn together, learn from each other's mistakes, learn from the things that are going well and working well, and make our experiences publishing and launching books as as amazing as they can possibly be. So today I'm really pleased to bring you Antoinette Truglio Martin. She is a teacher and award-winning children's book author who loves to share her bookish events with kids. And as this publishes today, her book, uh, Famous Seaweed Soup, just launched yesterday. And this is a really fun project because this is actually a book that was published years ago and did very well. But, um, you know, time goes on, publishers move on, things happen, and Antoinette decided to uh, redo the book with brand new, fresh illustrations that are uh, more in line with what's popular and happening in today's world. And it's just a really fun experience to be involved with her on this project. So welcome, Antoinette. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for the kind intro. <laughs> well, you have been here. You have been so much fun to work with, and um, I just want to say it's always a pleasure working with authors who are as committed, if not more committed, to their process than the uh, the publisher is. So um, <laughs> I, I want to dig into, first of all, to tell people about this book. Obviously, it's a children's picture book, but tell people about how um, you published and then decided, you know, the, the story. Let's hear the story. Sure, sure. Okay, so uh, the story first came to be some over almost 40 years, 40 years ago, um, watching my, my eldest daughter, who was just, a, you know, three years old back then, play on the beach. And every time we went, she was always doing something. She was always playing. And I'm a, I'm a good observer. That, that, that's what I do. That's how I collect my stories. And I'm writing the stories and writing and writing. And um, after a couple of, uh, a little while, I, I fashioned famous seaweed soup. And, um, you know, of course she loved the story because her name was in it. And uh, my mom liked it because and she always loves everything I write. But um, it took a while for it to become uh, submittable. Mm -hmm. And I had joined a, a writer's group, which was uh, incredible. And, uh, you know, we would share our manuscripts and I get some really good feedback. I change things, tweak things. And way back then in 19, in the early 1990s, when one submitted manuscripts, you would go to the library, look up publishers, see who's doing what, uh, who to submit to, mm -hmm. write your query letter and put your manuscript in a self-addressed stamped envelope with a self-addressed stamped em envelope and hope for the best. So I did that for about five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until I finally got, um, you know, and you're always studying the market, you know, what, 
who's looking for what, you know, so I was reading all the uh, magazines and whatnot. Um, so so uh, after about five years, I get a letter from uh, Kathy Tucker from Albert Whitman and Company. And she says, this story reminds me of my childhood. So I caught her on a really good day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then the process began, but it was, um, it was a, a really good learning process. Uh, I learned a lot about editing. Uh, I learned how to be so much more patient mm -hmm. and, um, you know, just, just waiting for little snippets of things. And uh, back then in, in the early 90s, some of my writer friends were getting published as well. And um, they were getting upset because their characters turned into ostriches with <laughs> teddy bears. <laughs> And because they had no voice in um, how it's going to look. Right. So, and I, I too didn't have a voice. They contracted Nadine Bernard Westcott, who at the time was so popular. She illustrated all the Raffi books. I don't know, you might be too young for Raffi, but uh, all the Raffi books. And uh, she had a relationship with Albert Whitman and always agreed to do one book for them a year. And she chose mine for that year. So um, I had no no connection, no comp communication. I couldn't send her a picture, nothing. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I was really, you know, biting at the bit. And uh, the editor was very kind. She, every once in a while, she would send me a sketch. And, um, you know, it was not at all my vision. Mm. But... Um, and there was a line or two in there that I wanted to keep in, but it, uh, I was told that uh, this is not your story anymore. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> uh, it must appeal to the masses. So, so um, yeah, so there were a lot, of, a lot of grunts and groans and everything, but they were publishing my book. And out it came in 1993 in a hardcover, it was beautiful. It was very exciting. Um, I was working full time in a, um, a, a special needs uh, daycare, and uh, I was, you know, able to read to the kids. I went to schools. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, sharing the book. My whole family got a copy. Everybody got a copy. Within two years, uh, Albert Whitman published it in uh, paperback and had it translated into Spanish. It was in big book form. SRA Macmillan picked it up for big book form. So it lived a really fun, uh, happy life for about 17 years. And in between that time, I had a lot of students, uh, you know, still remember my book. And, uh, you know, it was still at, uh, the beaches that I go to, it's still in the beach house libraries and on their bookshelves. So, um, so when it was uh, out of print, it became, when it went out of print after a couple of years, I, I get the galleys back, you know, so I was free to do what I wanted with the story. It became my story again. And, um, it took a little while, you know, I, I pondered, you know, how can I paddle this out and uh, see who would want it and uh, none of the trades were interested. So um, I looked to hybrid publishing and I had 
done my memoir with uh, a hybrid publisher and it was okay, worked out okay. But then I hooked up with uh, Alexa's group, Write, Publish, Sell, and went to the summit, which got me all very excited and thinking maybe I could do this. And um, there we have it, you know, so after uh, some hemming and hawing and scraping up some money, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we put it together, and it's been uh, a a great experience. Uh, I I really don't think I I would have been brave enough or resourceful enough to um, to do this, you know, independently on my own right now. Um, yeah, just where my life is right now, I I just couldn't see myself doing it. Um, but what has been so exciting is getting the um, you know, being asked, you know, what do you think? Or, you know, how do you see this? You know, what do you think about the fonts? What do you think about this and that? And, and being able to pick my illustrator was um, wonderful. Yeah, I think and, that's and having to say with that. So, so, so far, so good. Good. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest differences when people ask, you know, traditional versus hybrid publishers is even though a hybrid publisher will act as the publisher and make sure all the things are done, set it mm -hmm. up, do, do all of those things, make sure the editorial and trade reviews are in, make sure it's positioned properly, get it in front of libraries and retailers, et cetera, et cetera. So you're not having to go figure out all of those things. I think the biggest right. difference is that partnership level where you are more involved in the process and you don't lose that feeling like you did with with the first experience where like this is no longer your book um yeah. <laughs> and in in our case with purple butterfly press we definitely want it to still be your book because you know we want you to be proud of it and and mm -hmm. out there marketing and doing all of the all of the things that you want to do so let's mm -hmm. actually let's actually talk about the marketing piece because you've been yes. a superstar um, in terms of getting out there and doing the work. Your your book, you know, in the months leading up to your launch, let's talk about some of the things that you have been out there doing in terms of media and collaborations and bookstores and all of those fun things. Well, um, great. Okay. So the first thing I, I have to say is that I have been blogging for a number of years. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a blog, I have a voice out there. Um, you know, th things, you know, kind of change over time, but uh, I think having the blog was a, a big help and, um, and I'm very comfortable working it myself. So I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have to worry about how somebody else interprets it, interprets what I'm trying to say. I, I get it out there myself. Okay. Um, then I, you know, I use Facebook and uh, introduced to Instagram. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a little bit of a presence with LinkedIn, and uh, very mild presence presence with Twitter. But um, what I try to do is is to get, you know, a little bit of news out, um, either weekly or biweekly. Uh, right now, it seems like it's every day, and uh, and share it in uh, groups that will accept the share, not, you know, it's not like a promotion type of thing. So, um, so that's been helpful. Um, I've done some legwork and gone into my local towns and my libraries. 
uh, and uh, some a few local bookstores. There's really not too many indie bookstores in my area, which is really kind of sad. Yeah. So um, Barnes and Noble is here, but uh, they're not always uh, friendly towards <laughs> independent. <laughs> Published, published work, but I do have one date, so that's good. <laughs> so we'll yes. see where that goes. But I think my best uh, way to market is in the schools. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a retired teacher. Uh, I am uh, registered in uh, uh, the East End BOCES uh, Art and uh, Education in the Arts uh, program where uh, the schools can contract me to come in and do workshops and presentations and author visits to their schools, uh, to their classrooms. So um, since COVID is slowly but surely uh, calming down and I'm able to get in, uh, it's, I, I think this will be the, the best way for me to uh, keep marketing. And I'm learning how to do it virtually. Yeah. So that's another thing. <laughs> It's yeah. an important piece of it. I, I'm yes, curious. so I can go beyond my borders. Exactly. I definitely want to talk about some of the uh, media interviews that you have done. But before we do that, as a teacher with the experience of getting in front of classrooms, do you have any advice for some for a picture book author who's not a teacher on how they approach schools and get into schools in their in their area? Because as you said, schools are one of the most important avenues mm-hmm. for picture book authors. That's right. Um, I would advise to get a hold of the PTO or the PTA, depending on how they acronym it. Um, They are the people who organize the cultural arts, the visits, the um, events in the schools. So it's best to start in your local school district, find out who's, who's the PTA chairperson for cultural arts and uh, go from there. School librarians are also a wonderful resource and, um, and, have, uh, and have a little presentation show prepared. Uh, you have your book, have a small activity, be it an art or crafts or a, or a language game, uh, so, something like that. So it kind of sets you apart from uh, you know, just reading a book. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important because mm-hmm. from my perspective as a, as a parent who's seen what's happening in the classroom, I know that any time that you can approach a teacher with something that's going to allow her to teach a lesson based around mm-hmm. it, the lesson exactly. plans, having those lesson plans available for them as well, I think is, is really important. Um, right, and the- you can look up the Common Core um, numbers Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, you know, what, what's going on, you know, what, what's supposed to be taught in the classroom and, and associate your book with that. And, uh, and just being able to have some fun, simple games. I, I do a memory game with famous seaweed soup. Uh-huh. Uh, that sort of thing. With my other books, I did a scavenger, a historic scavenger hunt. Fun. So, uh, you know, th- things like that, that would just uh, kind of perk perk the ears yeah, of your I PTO chair, chairperson. 
I know that um, um, one of the NetGalley reviews that we received was from an early education teacher and she and her comment was, I can see this completely being used in preschool, pre-K, um, mm -hmm. kindergarten classes when talking about, you know, because they do lessons on on sea life or marine life or beach life right. or, you know, mm -hmm. anything associated with that. So I think that also helps bridge the gap. Anytime you can, when you're marketing to those folks, you can say, you know, this teacher is, I mean, this book is a great resource for any units that you're doing on XYZ topic to help your children learn about it. Yes. 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 And, so, you know, and that's important. Yes, absolutely. And same, I mean, that that tactic can be used when marketing to homeschooling moms, too, mm -hmm. and preschool groups, mops, anything of that nature, um, right. showing them how they can use the book to actually teach their children something is is really key and, and important. Okay, that's right. So let's get back to the marketing piece. So you've also done several key interviews, I believe, uh, in addition to this podcast, you're looking for other opportunities to get out there. What have, yes. been, what have been your activities so far in terms of expanding your reach in front of other audiences and, and how have you gotten the ones that you already have? Uh, well, I did some, again, I, I did some legwork. Uh, I went actually into uh, a newspaper, a local newspaper's office, uh, I've done a lot of emails and, um, and also, you know, kind of chit chat, chit chatted on Facebook and Instagram, looking at those uh, podcasts to see if I can get uh, a date. That's, or, um, that's a really fun way to, to let people, I mean, when people often talk about like, do I have to be on social media? Do I need to be posting on social media and all that kind of stuff? But just that point in particular is why social media can be very important and useful, not mm -hmm. just because of the content that you are promoting, but because of what other people are talking about and connections and relationships right. you can build with other entities, you know, um, Pat Black Gold, who is one of your sisters mm -hmm. in Purple Butterfly Press um she the speaking of using goodreads which is is a a i guess a social um um networking yeah. platform for readers especially you could say like that um she wound up getting contacted uh for a major interview and a major platform right. through an organization who found her book on goodreads so you know Isn't it's, that something? Mm. It, it's amazing and just knowing that these are just social media goodreads any of these tools that get your book out in front of other audiences they can be massively important in shining a light on your book to people that wouldn't have seen your your stuff any other way so mm. um You've done a you've done a couple of uh, radio or news media interviews as well, haven't you? Yes, yes. I um, I walked into the uh, in, into the uh, radio station out uh, eat out on the east end of Long Island, WLIW, and uh, got an interview with an NPR uh, radio station. Awesome. And uh, and. She was so, so accommodating and so sweet. You know, I've, I've, I've uh, gone there twice and she's put me in touch in some other local media activities that are going on. Uh, the East End Arts Council is doing a big art mosaic street painting and I'm there at, cool. for Memorial Day. So she hooked me up with that. So, you know, thing, things like that, uh, you know, it's like a linking hands. Right. 
Yeah. I well, I mean, the the main point for listeners to get here is that these things didn't just fall in your lap. You went out, no, you did no. the legwork, you made connections, you went into stores, you went into um into libraries, you went into radio places, and you just asked the question. And I think, you know, how how else um you know what we hear all the time is, you know, worst case scenario, someone says no. Is that that yeah, really that big of a deal? Get used right? to it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but best case scenario, you get on NPR and you get invited right. to market uh, places and, and art shows and, and schools and all these fun things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be afraid to get out there and ask questions and make relationships and do all of those things. Right. And, um, and even though it's it's local and it's, you know, it's kind of a tight radius, um, these things have a way of reaching out because of social media. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. So let's, um, oh, thank you for all of those tips. I think that's, you know, again, as I said at the very beginning of the, of the interview, sometimes we just don't even would have never crossed my mind to just walk into a radio station and ask them if I could be on their show. So, you know, things like these, these are great tips. Um, when it comes to, uh, post-launch marketing like what do you have mm. are you lining up things with um you live on the coast are there gift mm-hmm. shops or things like that that you're working with or opportunities in on that realm yes I'm uh our, our little boat is in the water so I can get to these little <laughs> <laughs> these little fire island towns and nice. uh and uh start you know pounding the pavement with them, I'm, uh, I'm I'm in uh, dialogue with National Park Service nice. and uh, with the uh, Fire Island Lighthouse people and the Maritime Museum. Wonderful. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that I could get uh, a lot of uh, summer gigs in for that, and that will hopefully uh, inspire some uh, school dates that yes. would come up. Wonderful. Um, one of the things from the publisher side that we've done, which has been really fun to watch, is the children's book review tour. Tell us about mm-hmm. your experience with that. Oh, they've been so warm and wonderful, I have to say. Uh, you know, they they asked uh, very good questions, and um, I I did appreciate having the time to you know think about it and uh, write them out, write out the answers. So for me, that's good because I'm not always that witty. And um, so that, 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 that has been, uh, that, that was a big, a big boost. And, uh, you know, so I uh, I'm also didn't realize that there was this whole community right. of uh, reviewers. So yes. I'm hoping to uh, keep in touch. You know, I've subscribed to their uh, newsletters and their website. So I could follow and see what they're doing and how they're doing it. And uh, again, another way to be social within this uh, genre. Yes. It's great. uh, Yeah. and, And it's more people who are out there sharing about your book in front of their audiences that mm-hmm. you can't read that you might not have been able to reach I might not own. never have seen the you know been able to reach these people without them right. so it's uh it's 
it's really a, a gift. Thank you. It's really, it's really been very exciting. <laughs> well, and it's fun to see that the, the reviews come in and the blog posts mm -hmm. and seeing all of these people talking about the book. Um, and then it, one of the cool things about it too, is that they allowed us to set up a giveaway with your review tour. And I, what and a I, giveaway. I yes, I love that we're giving away a, a 30 book classroom set. Classroom because set. Isn't yeah, that, that draws in the attention of teachers. Mm -hmm. um, again, our biggest target audience for picture books, right, is is getting mm -hmm. it on the radar yes. of these teachers. And then we've been running some other giveaways and re doing some outreach to influencers on Instagram who review children's books. And we'll hopefully, as we move into the um, final week and week of launch, hopefully we'll be seeing a ton of stuff happening on Instagram yeah. and just fun things happening. So these are the pieces of marketing that the work going into it is quite challenging. But when you see the results, it's just so much fun. Right. Um, I have to say, this has been, you know, this is my seventh book, sixth or seventh book out. And uh, this has been the most fun in yes. the marketing end of things. Well, that's good. I'm very yeah. glad to hear that. <laughs> Either um, that or I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> right. Well, it could be some <laughs> of that too. You know, and as a, as a veteran writer, as someone who's got experience with you, I'm sure there's a lot of things that as a first time author, you would have been very intimidated or scared or even not oh, knowing sure. to do. And now, you know, okay, if I get out there and I do these things, I know what the, what the result is going to be. And that's, and that's what we want. Um, yeah. What about, do you have any, uh, any things that along the way were surprising to you, or maybe you're like, oops, shouldn't have done that, or should have done more of this, or, and this can be with this book launch or any mm -hmm. of the other ones you've done, because you, you write middle grade books as well, correct? Right, yeah, I finished that series. Um, I, I, I wish I was just a little more aggressive, not in a... <laughs> And not in a pushy way, but in a, in a, you know, entertaining way. Right. Because um, I'm always feeling that um, I'm bothering. Oh, yes, I know. Uh, people. And, uh, you know, you, you already heard from me, but yeah, here I am again. Yeah. <laughs> saying the same thing. And uh, so I, I need to get over this thing that I'm a pest rather than I'm not a pest, that I'm just trying to make something happen here. I understand this feeling quite well. And I think it's anyone that is involved in any type of sales, marketing products, anything probably uh, has the same feeling. But, you know, I was talking to um, one of my colleagues the other day and the, the, the thing, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, the, the general rule, I suppose, in marketing used to be, be that you have to say something seven times for someone to take action on it, right? right. So they, they have to see something seven times. Well, would you believe that now, because of the amount of content that we're consuming every single day from mm -hmm. social media and news and blog posts and emails and all that kind of stuff, it's now 22 times. Yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> 22 <laughs> times. So you don't get to feel like a pest until you've hit number 23. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So it just, I got to keep track. <laughs> it just, it takes a lot or we're, we're all it so does. busy, we're busy, busy. 
Right. And then you have to remember where you found it, where you saw it. Exactly. You exactly. Know, so it's, it's uh, you know, so that's why it has to keep cropping up. Well, and it's an it's also a very important reason for growing the email list because mm -hmm. uh, that's a little bit easier for people to keep track of when they know they received an email. They can search that or go back and find it, or you can send exactly. another one, or you can resend mm -hmm. the unopens, or you can do all of those types of things. All right. right. Well, um, before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you would like to share with your fellow picture book um, authors? Uh, tips, advice anything, encouragement, anything you'd like to share? I'd like to share. Yes. Um, well, for one thing, you know, keep writing those stories. Watch how kids play. Watch how they speak and interact with each other and, um, and are genuinely kids. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes we, we forget that they're just children, that they are children and they are yes. just discovering new things that are old hat to us. And, and all these little new things are, are important discoveries. And I, I find wonder and beauty in that. Yes. And look for that when you're writing your stories. I love that. Um, and it's true, you know, I've seen some submissions from, from, um, from authors who have great intention in mind mm -hmm. with their stories but they're written like an adult would be reading the book or right. you know, and, and an adult probably is reading the book to the children. But when you're writing mm -hmm. them, they have to be written so that the person who's enjoying the book, receiving the book is on that same page. I love that advice to watch how children play, see what they're doing. See right. all, it's all not, it's not necessarily like dumbing down language or anything. It's, it's making the language more uh, accessible yes. and salient and uh, memorable. Well, and also keeping in mind that with a picture book, the picture is going to do so much talking for mm -hmm. you that you don't right. have to have tons and tons of words because that's what those beautiful illustrations are. And Penny Weber exactly. did an amazing job oh, with my your gosh. illustrations. I, I, I have to put a plug in for Penny because uh, she has been just, just wonderful. And, uh, and what a gift. She lives next nearby, five miles That's away. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> we go to lunch. <laughs> That's wonderful. Her, her watercolor illustrations are just, just, just beautiful. stunning and they're the perfect. They're just perfect for this type of book at the seaside exactly. and all of those things. So, well, Antoinette, I'm super proud of you. I'm so I'm so happy to be working with on with this on you. I can't wait to see the results of this. And um, if you are looking for a great book about a fun day and uh, and and really a story kind of about independence, right? Learning mm -hmm. how to do something. Independence on and resilience. Exactly. Um, check out Famous Seaweed Soup by Antoinette Truglio Martin. You can find it wherever books are sold. It is available mm -hmm. everywhere, everywhere. Um, and we would just be tickled to death if you support Antoinette as one of our community members by either suggesting this book as a resource if you have um, children in, in elementary school, if you know a librarian, if you know teachers, if you know moms that are homeschooling or preschool moms, or if you just want to get it for your own children or grandchildren, famous seaweed soup. Thank you, Alexa. It's been, it's been a privilege, I have to say. Thank you so much, Antoinette. And we will uh, bid you adieu at this moment and, yeah. <laughs> and, and see you at the next 
on the next episode. Thanks so much. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.